Today on the show, I have a treat for you. One of my favorite interviews I have ever done. Sean Salisbury, formerly of ESPN, now a sports talk radio host in Houston and a trainer of quarterbacks and the president of the PSF app that I've been telling you about. Also, not every one of you might know this, one-time Seattle Seahawks quarterback. He's going to talk about his experiences playing for Chuck Knox in Seattle. We're going to talk about his relationship with the late, great John Clayton, another Northwest tie. He's going to tell you in the way that only Sean can, with all the energy that he has, about why you should get involved with this PSF app. And then he's going to give us his thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks this year and Geno Smith and what he expects from them. You don't want to miss that. Seahawks forever with Sean Salisbury coming up next. Welcome to the Seahawks Forever podcast, in-depth analysis on everything Seahawks. And now here's your host, Dan Viennes. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube and any audio podcast app that you prefer. It's the best way to support the channel. It is my pleasure today to welcome in, uh, you know him from his uh, long tenure on ESPN, also 10 years in the NFL, uh, now the host of the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790 in Houston. You can hear it on iHeartRadio as well. He's a QB guru. He is the president of an exciting new app. Lots of hats. Sean Salisbury, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule today to join us. Dan, thanks for having me on. It's great to be with you. I appreciate it. One of my favorite cities and... I love the passion there, so it's awesome to be on with you. And whenever it's the start of football season, everybody's fired up. So here we go. Absolutely. And last night's game was a great way to kick things off. What a great uh, start to the season there with the Lions upsetting the Chiefs. And we're not even going to talk baseball today. We're not going to talk about the Houston Astros and Seattle Mariners locked in a race for the AFC West. <laughs> I mean, in the AL West. That's, uh, that one's going to come down to the wire. Um, that's going to be fun. I want to talk about this exciting new app in a moment. But first, you touched on it. And a lot of even diehard but younger generation of Seahawks fans might not remember this. And they and, and if they do recall your career, they recall you wearing number 12. But you preceded Matt Hasselbeck. You wore number eight here. Your, your rookie year, undrafted free agent out of USC. Uh, spent some time playing for Chuck Knox. Um, it, it was brief. But when you look back on your career today, what's something that sticks with you from your time in Seattle? You know, I, when I went to SC and about halfway through my career there, I mean, I had a couple of knee injuries. And at one point in time, you know, Mel Kuyper, and I only say this to give you a little perspective, is that I was supposed to be the first pick of the 1985 NFL draft. That's what they, you know, how they start these three years in advance. Sure. Just, yeah. You know, getting highly recruited and go through all that. And two knee surgeries later, you find yourself at the combine and you, you know, you, I, I, it was a good performance. I felt good about it, but I was still recovering a knee surgery. And you know, when, when I wasn't drafted, it was a devastating moment for me. I, even if it would have been the fifth round, because you go from when you go to school and worked hard, then becoming from here, then you got to like start from scratch. And when you get to camp, I know, you know, as a free agent, you got to make everything happen. And I, and when I didn't get drafted, I can remember my father telling me, went to bed that night and I'm like, man, do I want to do this? But I'm, I'm, I'm a very intrinsic guy. I don't, I'm not driven by outside people's influence or awards or money i'm driven by battling myself i can be my own worst enemy but i and critic but i also know the inner drive it doesn't take a big crowd i like you know for me to go do things hell i in front of myself i'm competing i I talk to myself when i'm driving down the freeway dan so i and when i didn't get drafted i went to bed that night and i was I, i was emotionally bothered 
And I saw guys that got drafted ahead of me and we all do this, you know, like, well, I, I'm better than him. I'm better. And that's just right. typical of when you're a kid. And, but that's also what drives you, you know? And the next morning I woke up and about 11 of my teammates had been drafted and I was in San Diego and I thought I'd go third to fifth round. And so the knee thing, and, and, I, and I get it, no problem. And my dad, I woke up the next morning. My dad said, get your butt up to back to school and go to the, the cause the guys get in the weight room and getting back working out. He goes, go make sure you hug your teammates, tell them you love them and congratulate them. And then put a chip on your shoulder, not a chip against them, but a chip that says you're going to challenge yourself because everything you've done, you know, your high school, all American and basketball and football, and you were highly recruited and you played at SC. He goes, you know what? I come from a blue collar, blue collar family. And my old man was, and my mom were, you know, they didn't matter about that. They, you're still a family member. You still go do your job and you yeah. do it and you make people better. And well, this was a, this was the first time I'd been through something like this where you weren't the best, or at least you weren't perceived in that way. And so I got on a freeway and went back to, from San Diego, back up to LA, my hometown of Escondido, and went back up to LA and a bunch of my teammates were there and we went and celebrated, but it clicked in. I said, okay, now what? Went to graduation there. And a lit, two days later, I was on a plane to Seattle and I, mm-hmm. and myself and Bobby Joe Edmonds and that group and, yeah. you know, the Dave Wyman's the next year and, and Boz and the rest of it. But I remember Earl Winfield and I learned a couple things about that. One thing, when I got there in mini camp, I said, okay, I was I'm nervous, but I, we had six quarterbacks, kid from Portland state. We had drafted David Norrie. I was signed as the last quarterback. They went and got traded for Paul McDonald, who was a veteran in the league from Cleveland. They had Gail Gilbert, who was a great friend of mine. And they had David Craig. Yeah. And I w- went to minicamp and I'll never forget two quick ones is at minicamp. The first one, we didn't have OTAs then. And I'm six, five two thirty, and could throw it a country mile, all those things. So we got to, yeah, we're, we're throwing, we're going through it on the field. And David Craig comes out there and David, who's a dear friend, you know, jerseys down below his elbows, right. it's about six foot tall <laughs> and kind not of real physical. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I'm thinking, and I looked at one of the T I swear to you, this happened. I'm telling you, I promise you as I'm standing here now. And I looked at teammates, we're going, we're about halfway through practice and we'd gone one-on-ones. We're throwing routes on air. And I looked at the team and I said, I'm winning this job. And <laughs> just a little perspective of how much I love Dave Craig and how good he is and large in Southern Warner. And I was nervous. I mean, I'd played at SC with Marcus Allen. I mean, great right. players, but yeah. you know, you're like, damn this, I don't want to screw this up. And I love Chuck's one of the greatest people. We we'll have to do this again and share old stories about Chuck Knox. And oh, I'd love to. Just yeah. The grand yeah. and the fans and all that stuff. Phenomenal. Well, lo and behold, we go, then we get to seven on seven and team drill. And Largent's running this deep post corner from the outside, and David Craig's dropping seven in a hitch and throwing, letting the ball get out of his hand before Largent even finishes his post move and gets to the back pylon. And about halfway through seven on seven and starting out at team, David Craig, it, it clicked in. All that warm-up stuff didn't mean a hill of beans. I'm watching a guy who's throwing the ball, and the ball never, never hits the ground. Yeah, And... I looked to the guy, the same guy I said, I'm winning this job about an hour later in practice. I looked at him and said, nah, <laughs> I, I now know why that's David Craig, the starter. Yeah. And so that was one, but I, I, I went back to work after that mini camp and it was a good one. And I realized I come back to training camp for the first time in my life. I had to, that were, you weren't the guy. Now you got to go earn it and prove to these guys and just start knocking down pieces. I came back prepared chip on my shoulder ready and made the team and had a, a great preseason every day, but every day in practice as, as an undrafted guy, you can't miss throws or make bad decisions. And right. 
I was fortunate, great teammates, and I followed Kenny Easley and, and David Craig and Largent around, and Steve took me under his wing, and that rookie year we were to go to Thanksgiving at his house, and I just picked their brain like a baby duck following a mother duck, and I know I drove them crazy. But I learned a great deal about being a pro and being a football player. Then I actually thought I was going to spend my whole career in Seattle. I did. I loved the fans. I loved playing in a kingdom. The offense was phenomenal. David was a star, and we went on a roll that year. And, and I just had a blast. And those things, you know, things don't work. And you end up carving a 10-year career. But it was the teammates on that team, Wyman and Bosworth, Sam Merriman, and you know, it did, and Terry and Kurt Warner and David Craig and Gail Gilbert and, and uh, Paul I Moyer, mean, who's, who's been Paul, on the show. Paul yeah. still one of my best buddies yeah. uh, and he and Wyman and I still talk and Paul's a pack 12 guy as is Dave Wyman. And sure. we were pack tenors at the time. I'm, I'm talking about the whole group. I've never, and, and Keith Butler and Ray, yeah. I mean, Raymond Butler and, and Keith Butler. And I mean, everywhere I've, I've been on a lot of close teams. My years in Minnesota, cause I was there longer. We were really close half a dozen years. But I've never felt more comfortable with a group of dudes and fans that early in my career. It was phenomenal. Wow. And to this day, I think about them all the time. I do. Yeah. We had a frig. Jacob Green was a mentor. Boogie Bryant. I, I, I could go through the names and people were like, oh, man, you were there for the Kent and Ease and the whole group. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing it was to play with them and get in the huddle with guys like Brian Millard. And I'll never forget my time there. And I have a special affinity for the fans and the Seahawks organization because of the way I was treated. And I never, and that preseason, I, David Craig and I split time in the fourth preseason game. He played, I played, he played. We played two quarters each and so made the team and went. But David had a monster year as obvious and we became great friends and I loved yeah. the way he worked. So you learn valuable lessons about working and I didn't mean a long story, but I, I have such great fondness. It's actually emotional for me because Everything I did in Seattle, I felt like it was a place I was going to be and sp- supposed to be. And I still to this day miss that team and miss every, you know, the, the to, you know, Tom Catlin, all the whole group from coaches right on down. And I'll never forget the, the Kenny Meyer and the way he treated me. I just loved everything about that team. And had we made that playoffs our rookie year, we went on a roll and Denver beat it. They had three teams had to win. And that was the, that weekend that, Ken, that the Kansas City Chiefs had three special teams touchdowns. Mm. And we were playing for the wild card. We were, I think, ended up 10 and 6. Had we got in, I, I'm not sure you could have beat us because on the last regular season game, we beat Elway and Denver's brains, and David had yeah. a field day. We scored 40-plus, I think, on him. But we didn't get in, but I'll never, ever forget the guys, the fellas, one of my favorite years of my time ever in pro sports. So it was an honor, and the fans treated me like gold. That's awesome. I, I tried, you know, that's pre-internet era, obviously. Uh, I've been scouring uh, the internet for the last 24, 36 hours trying to find video. I'm, I'm, I'm awfully boring, brother. That's, <laughs> that's okay, but thank I, you. I found some video. I might lay some of that over this uh, in post-production. Uh, nothing in a Seahawk uniform, but uh, got, you, got you throwing some dimes in a, in a Vikings uniform and a Charger uniform. I did find this in the LA Times. There was a full scrimmage that the Seahawks held in the kingdom in front of about 9,000 fans where uh, this is a direct quote from the LA Times, Salisbury, a free agent, completed four of five passes for 145, four completions for 145 passes, including a 65-yard scoring play to Earl Winfield, who you mentioned, and a 27-yarder to Byron Franklin. Uh, A man of few words, Chuck Knox, after the game said, he threw the ball well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck was, (laughs) Chuck was, yeah, I took a bunch of, we call them Chuck-isms. I still, to this day, take Chuck Knox's, I, all these years later, 
and the way he treated this team, I still take what Chuck told us and use it in motivational mm. sale, corporate sales speeches to quarterbacks I train. And that group, man, what, what a fun team we had. And, and Earl, I, I remember the game and, and our guy Gordon Hudson at tight end. We were loaded with skills, man. Yeah. And we were loaded. We didn't get cheated out of our fun either. So um, I wish I could have spent a lot of time in Seattle because from Eric Lane right on down to, you know, every single it was one of those teams that are like our special teams and our and the special Rusty Tillman. I, I just I sure. could go over and people that have been there a long time know about that. But thank you for bringing that up. I like to uh, it's, you know, I fondly I mean, vividly and fondly. My time in Seattle was priceless for me. Well, and I'd be remiss, too, if I didn't mention when talking about connections that you have to the Northwest and the people here in uh, one of our favorite people who's ever worked in this business from this area, John Clayton and, and the connection that you two had oh. uh, back in the ESPN days and who can forget the, the, you, you guys going back and forth Dan, on four downs. Yeah. He, I get emotional still when I talk about him. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Take your time, Sean. Ugh. I'll tell a quick story. Uh, yeah, well, while you're gathering yourself. John, 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 Go for it. Covered us in Seattle when I he was a he was a beat writer. Yeah. When I was a rookie, so we forged a, at that point in time. You never, I didn't know I was going to be working with John at ESPN. That's my rookie year, and um, to push ahead when when John died, I was coaching a football camp about three hundred kids, and I had a f- message on my phone when we got off the first practice, and I you know John and I go, went on each other's show every week. Mm-hmm. since we left ESPN. I mean, John was on my show every week. I was on his in Seattle. And and I just talked to him three weeks earlier. And, you know, John was one of those guys that, and I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but if I called John up, I said, I need you to get to Texas. I'm having a hard time. Could you do it tomorrow? He'd be here. Mm-hmm. And in the process, hand you a shirt off his back and just be there for you. John loved football and loved his job and career more than anybody I've ever been around. It did not matter. John would do it for a small paper in North Dakota, a big network like ESPN. John was phenomenal and so respected, and he's a Hall of Famer. But I'll never forget, I walked off that field, and it's the irony because Chris Mortensen's retiring. Yeah. And Mort's one of the originals. And Mort, when I went through difficult times in my life, Mort was like outside my family, like a father figure. I'm not putting age on Mort, but Mort was like always there for me. Yeah. And and I got emotional when Mort, you know, when Mort's walking away from that and when he's been going through what he's gone through. And he, he leaned, I leaned on him a lot. And during my darkest times, Mort was there to walk me through some of it. He was. And he and Dan Patrick, Scott Van Pelt, there was a couple of them, and Mort was at the top of the, the list. And I, I checked my phone and Mort said, Give me a call. And I called him and we sat for about 25, 30 minutes in between practice, I sat in my car in tears and Mort said, I know I don't want to break this news, but uh, your relationship with John, everybody across the country knows it. I just wanted to let you know without a text. And he told me and I, I was devastated because, you know, John and I have known each other a long time and people about that segment four downs when they came to us at ESPN and said the jock versus the, the, the you know, the nerd type thing. And we <laughs> sure. Why not? And John and I know, and it took fire. And to this day, I don't get asked walking through an airport, who do you think is going to win a game? John Clayton and yours relationship. I loved four downs and no disrespect to all the other hot. And then when I talk about the debate shows, right. 
and John and I were proud of this. And I say it proudly, not arrogantly. We, we, we were the original. Mm-hmm. And when it started with Mark Shapiro there and when they put this idea together, and it, I don't know why, but it took fire. And John and I prepared hard for it. We are dear friends. People said, well, you, did you really not like each other? We never scripted a segment. Mm-hmm. They asked us questions apart. And we'd go in there and, and beat on each other and come back out and love, love on each other. He was one of my dearest friends. I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's funny. Greatest commercial in ESPN history. Prepared hard. We built something really special that I, that I, that I, I miss. And I know John did too up until the day he passed away. We loved doing it. And um, our friendship was far deeper than people even saw on TV. We did not dislike each other, but we never scripted. That wasn't like, you say this, I'll say this. You fake yeah. like you're mad. When we got intense, it was intense. At no time was there ever disrespect felt between us. And we built something pretty special that debate shows now have sprung off it. And I, and I, we were proud of that segment and proud of that show. And I, I love him and I'm sorry for getting emotional. I miss him. No, I, I appreciate you sharing I, that I with do. us. And for you guys are lucky to have had him in Seattle for a long time. And ESPN was lucky to have had him for yeah. a long time. And I, I miss him all the time. And when I see these debate shows, I'm thinking, I know where they got the idea from. Yeah. I just asked, but the, and the, the genius behind, I'm not that smart, but the people at ESPN who saw something in it and we built it, we forged a relationship that was unbreakable. And we, I defend, we defend each other till the end of the earth until we had to pound on each other. He got some great zingers in on me. Um, I love him. And here's the crazy thing. Pat was the one, his wife going through his great wife going through difficulty. And John always, I mean, never wavered on, you know, I'm not saying that every husband wouldn't, but right. John was, I don't know how he managed his time, but he and Pat's relationship and the way John treated that, he was a perfect example of what you're supposed to be. And I, uh, I miss him every day, especially when I'm doing this or there's a debate or I'm going through it. I say, you know, what would John say if I, if mm-hmm. with this singer, if he came back at me and I do, I miss him. He's one of the greats. And I, I hate the fact that we don't have him around anymore. I love him though. I appreciate you sharing that. And and I've never told the story. It's it's just real briefly. I, I work in the restaurant industry and I had an opportunity to meet him in 2005 and he was hanging out at a place that I was managing and, and I got to chat with him a little bit. And, and, and I interact with people like that in my career all the time. And for the most part, my default is I don't like to talk ball with them because they're, they're looking to take a break. They're looking to relax right. and get away from it. And I don't want to be that guy, but with John, I did. And he, and we talked for two hours two hours about football, enthusiastically about football. And the whole time, kind of a side note, the whole time I'm thinking, man, I wish I could see his contact list on his phone. I bet that's impressive. Oh. But a- afterwards, his, his wife, Pat came up and, and he introduced me and, and I apologized to her. I said, I'm sorry. I took two hours of your husband's time. And she said, you don't think I'm used to that? Like he would talk to you for four hours if we had time tonight. Uh, she was so gracious and so supportive of his career. And you could tell the connection that they had. They were phenomenal. It was phenomenal a two hour people. interaction, but it's something I think about on a, almost all yeah. the time. Yeah. And he treated you like you were family or yeah. a good, like you guys have known each other forever. Yeah. I guarantee you. And that's him. And that's what I meant when he'd come in or John, when I say he loved his job, you were never putting John Clayton out. No, you or any of us to have that conversation, a very patient wife. Cause everybody wanted John's insight and he's gracious and put it this way, there's a seat up there, John's sitting right next to the good Lord, and they're talking injuries, games, <laughs> Seahawks, old school Pittsburgh Steelers, and hopefully me and him. And at some point in time, the good Lord is going to have to step in front of our debate. I hope it's not for a long time when John's waiting on me and prepared when I get there. Um, what a, what a, what a 
gentle and phenomenal soul he is. And uh, we'll always be proud of that, those moments and those years we spent doing television together. And football got worse, and so did reporting when John Clayton passed away. Well, you talk about enjoying your job. Let's talk about something that you're doing now and that I've been invited to be a part of that you're very excited about. We both are. Uh, I've been talking about it on my show, but nobody can speak to this better than you. The president of the company, PSF, pro sports fan, an interactive app. Uh, I'll just stop talking. I want you to describe this to the fans and get them excited for, uh, for Sunday. Yeah, and they, they need to hear you, and you're a great presence, and thank you for thank being you. a part of it. I, I think it. we have the best new and veteran, I mean, a mix of everything, of content creators, I guess is what we call it, but compelling yeah. content, people that just move needles across the country. And what it is, and for, for, I haven't been in this almost 30 years since it's crazy that it's been that long. I, I still think about playing career, but yeah. doing this long, whether it's ESPN or hosting my radio show on Sports Talk 790 in Houston every morning, and all the things you do in place, you go, I have a passion for it. Dan, I know you do. We were talking about John. We, you can't do it that long unless you love it, right, and passion for it. And I'm a preparation fanatic, but you're always looking for, and doing it this long, I'm saying, what's next? I mean, not next to get out. I mean, I like what I'm doing, but I, I, I like to see, I like building stuff, and I like maximizing people around me and getting people involved. And when, when it was relevant, but when PSF came at me, and said, pro sports fans said, Sean, we got this thing going on. They've been working on it three or four years. I said, well, let me see it. And so a couple months went by, and when they offered me the job as president of this app, I, after I'd looked deep in it, I said, okay, I can take this on. Because we constantly in our business talk about how important the fans are, how important it is. And finding technology to be able to bring what I'm about to tell you to, it's hard to do. That's why you got to have, listen, when it comes to technology, if you don't ask me what's inside that phone or that computer. <laughs> But I can tell you, whatever button right. you're pushing, it works right. It works right, and we made it simple. And our phenomenal tech team and graphics and all the partners and the money that investors have spent who believe in this and the millions and sponsors and great talent, we are onto something where we can monetize and with a gambling app. But simply, what it is is when they came to me, I said, "Okay, so we're going to do something for the fans, huh?" And I say, "Yeah," and I've heard that a million times, and I say, "Okay." Yeah. And then when we walk through it and every, you know, there's always constant changes. And, you know, as the president, you're in charge of finding the best talent and sponsors and investors, all those things that come with building a company from the ground up. And it was an honor that they asked me, but I, I couldn't, I cannot begin to tell you I'm consumed with it uh, because I know where it's going. And I think it's epic. And I think it's a game changer. And when they said fans, I said, okay, let me, let me see it. See, we have these podcasts we're doing now and it's awesome. Yeah. But a lot of them we do, they can go back and load it and hear the podcast and say, Oh man, that was great. Dan does a great show. He had great interview with, with, uh, you know, Paul Moyer. And then they want to ask questions. Well, not on the show now. Now that's already in the archives. And then we say, we got Twitter. We can go back and forth, but somebody sends, you know, Elon Musk, a tweet of hundred thousand of them roll by and you may not get an answer. But what we've created now is basically the best fan engagement app on the planet where it's audio, it's visual, it's all done right here in your phone, and the graphics and notes coming across the game, every single game that's covered in the NFL and baseball from here on. We have a media cast like the Manning cast engaging with the fans where they can be in your chat room and community. We always talk about communities and chat rooms. Think about like at a university, like let's say the community, I'll talk about my school, USC, which is our next step, Dan, and it is going to be monumental. 
Mm. Imagine how many go in there in their chat rooms on game day or like a, like a tailgate and a chat room tailgate where they're all going back and forth or Alabama's playing Auburn, how it would be to, to be able to engage with them yeah. on your phone yeah. instead of wait a week after it's done. Well, this creation is it, it, it's the, the technology and we're now at the point of, of, wow, we've, we've arrived and the fans have a voice. The fans have a seat at the table. So it is true engagement and it's in community. So you and I are doing a show on my show, which is unpaved, which will be starting within the next 10 days where I'm doing a show. Come on in. I'm doing an interview with Dan Patrick. You get to come on in and talk to Dan. Mm-hmm. Now wait till it's over and say, man, I wish I could have, well, you're going to forget your wish. It's there. Go get this app. And you're going to find out over the next year as this thing rolls through football season. And it's 24 seven, whether yeah. it's a game you're covering or whether it's Dan, you're doing your show on a Wednesday, you know, summarizing what happened and getting into it instead of just the people that we're talking about the game. Now fan comes and you have something to say, Sean, I can't believe you just said that the Texans are better than the Baltimore Ravens. Cause they upset them. Bam. They're in. And we've got every team covered plus shows during the week, 24 mm-hmm. seven. And that feeling when you're on a post game radio show and you get eight seconds, cause the guy's got to go to break. We don't have a hard out with this, right? We control it all and our talent control their content. So it's great talent, great content, fan engagement, great interviews. It all comes to one where it's not just a one-way linear street. And when I saw that and said, you really, we're really going to give the fans a voice. And that has been an epic approach to us and something that I'm adamant about. And we finally have created it and it is going to be off the charts. And I'm so grateful. Go get this app folks. And as you see it built, you're going to get to the point. And along the way, I guarantee you, Dan, with fans, whether it's on your show or my show or the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers teams or, you know, a couple teams in each city, what's going to happen. And it's going to get bigger too, because we're going to bring in people that'll do national shows and it'll expand to music and, and, and food where, you know, tailgate where people are coming or gambling. Imagine the best gamblers in the world and 20 of them in one spot talking where you're not waiting to get something on an, on a website that you're saying, man, the Seahawks are getting ready to play and there's a button you push, you come on in and I'm, I'm communicating with one of the best, uh, Gambling, let's face facts. Gambling's a big deal. People love it. Yeah. Be smart while you're doing it. And they come in, instead of reading what they said, now you get to talk to them and say, well, wait a minute, you like a minus two? Yeah. Why? Instead of read, And now, so you see the point where now it's the engagement. We were really letting fans have a voice, and there's no limit to where we're going. We're going to break through this, and it's going to be, a, I think, a game changer for it. And uh, it's our, the, the, the early returns are phenomenal. So, I, I can't wait to see where this goes because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to stop the snowball rolling down, and I don't want it to. But I can't wait till all of it's covered and we have c- completely saturated. Uh, when I say saturated, covered the entire landscape, and yeah. and other people are going to see it and try to come after. It, but I've always believed in the original come after it, meaning c- compete, and that's great. Yeah. But we've got talent, we've got content, we've got fan engagement, and go get the app at the app. You can get it in your app store and the Google Play, but you also at PSF underscore app is on Twitter mm-hmm. and then watch this thing ride. We need you and we'd love to have you. And I think you're going to enjoy it. And there's no FCC. If you have a, something and you're so passionate, you drop an F bomb on your own. Nobody's going to get mad at you if that's what you bring to the table. So um, they're going to love it at PSF underscore uh, app and go to the app store and get it. You'll love it.
I love that it's all things. I, I mean, it really does encompass all the best things about social media. Um, it's, as you said, it's every day. There's a chat room that's live. There's a Seahawks fans chat room that you can go in anytime. And, and Dana O'Gorman and I are in there first, and we're going to have other hosts, hosts join us. And so there is kind of the, the Twitter element to it where we're posting uh, news reports and injury updates and things like that. If there's breaking news, if, if there's real time, if there's a Dan, big trade, you know, absolutely. it's right now within the data is yeah. coming across your screen. And if you're a sponsor, you pin your sponsorship. We're on our radio shows. I'm reading an ad right. like I'll do if I'm for a beer company. Now, the ones that come in and sponsor, I have, as a matter of fact, I have a lumber company that's a national lumber company that wants to sponsor unpaved. Well, they get to pin an ad. We do their 60 second reads, but that ad sits there. We're on radio. We're just talking about it. Now they get to the visual. Well, I'm a visual guy. What is that? Boom, boom, yeah. boom. So it benefits sponsors. It benefits investors. It benefits subscriptions. It benefits gamblers. It benefits content. It benefits you sitting around with your fantasy team and talking to you on a Friday, getting ready to say, well, I'm not sure that I'm not sure Gino's feeling as well as he was supposed to, or if Gino's feeling great. And it's right now real time and they can engage up to kickoff and through kickoff. Yeah. So I, I just, I freaking love it. And That's you know, it's, it's not just a bunch of talking heads talking at you. Now it's a bunch of people talking with you and we will find a star you watch on your show or mine. Somebody's going to rear their head and we're going to have a fan that's so good that they're going to get a platform and they're going to be representing mm-hmm. a team or a college team. Cause that's what we're about. We're about the fan and it's the best fan engagement app on the planet. And just so the, just so all the fans know, initially it's free, no cost, yep. right? Just download it on either app. Yeah, listen, if a gambler comes in there and you want his picks and he's got a subscription and I, or if I've got a subscription for a great interview or a show, if I can't, if my content's not good enough, I'm a transparent guy. I don't, there's not a lot of un, Sean unfiltered on Twitter and there's not a lot of BS to me. I mean, I, I like to have fun and relax. I don't take myself too serious. I take what I'm doing serious. If I'm not good enough to provide compelling content or different content at some point for a cup of coffee a month, yeah, then you know what? You shouldn't be tuning into my show for free. So, yes, it is free, but all of a sudden uh, you get an interview on there and the president of the United States comes in and you're, or the, 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 you know, Roger Goodell and it's like, or breaking news. And it's going to be a phenomenal interview with, you know, one of the members of Led Zeppelin when he get music and he loves football. Guess what? And somebody says, Oh, this interview is a subscription base. And you know, hundred thousand people give a dollar or donate a dollar. And for me with my subscription, when it comes in on certain situations, half my money, I'm going to give to charity anyway. So everybody's getting, and the people that are working hard to get paid and monetize it just, but it's free. Go get the app and you're going to love it and pop into those communities. There's, there's no price to pop into a community. And yep. we also leave it to the talent to set what they want to do. They know their fan base mm-hmm. and they know their community and chat room. And, and once it's built, listen, anything that's quality in, and that you, that you would, if you like coffee, you'll pay three bucks. If you like dance content, you'll pay whatever he's, he does. But right now, there is nothing to worry about with that. You go in and do it, but everybody gets to set it. That's another thing I like. I like people having choices and options to do what they want to do, free or subscription. That's the way we are in life. And you go capitalize on whatever you want to capitalize on. Before I let you go, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on this iteration of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, one of the youngest rosters in the league, one of the surprises in the league last year, led by Geno Smith, who who exceeded everybody's expectations let's be honest your thoughts as you look ahead to this uh, 2023 campaign on uh, on Gino what he's done and um, what you think the ceiling for the Seahawks team might be I, I I'm not sure there's a, a ceiling they're in a division that there's two bad teams and two that are going to yeah. battle for the first pick in the Rams and Arizona and there's two 
I think one elite team in San Francisco. I do. And I think that Seattle's bordering that. I think they're really good. I, they're a playoff team. I, I, I believe that, that the San Francisco right now is, is they're just, their roster says they're the best team in the division, but I, I, I'm not sure I'd bank a whole, uh, my whole salary on the fact that Seattle's not going to hang around. I love what Pete does. I love his energy. You talk about a young roster, and here's a coach who looks like he's been coaching for like three years and has been coaching for a long time. It's phenomenal. I don't know how he does it. And his energy is contagious, and that's obvious. I'm pointing out the obvious with that. I, I love the perimeter game. I think they've added depth getting a UCLA running back that gave SC and Zach is really good. That gave everybody in the Pac-12 fits because he's physical. They already had, you know, with Kenneth Walker there, their perimeter people and adding when healthy, uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigbas, you saw what he was about. Yeah. I think they've drafted well over the, it was, you know, the last couple of years. You know, how, how stout will they be in the interior of the offensive line? I know that they built young bookend tackles. Baden Bobby back on defense, getting Witherspoon in the draft. They, they, they know where they're headed. And I love the energy of the team. And well, they, they kind of like the Mariners. And they've got, they're well coached and well managed. They've got some good young talent. You got your equivalent of the Metcalfs on the outside with Julio, you know, in center field. I mean, there's a lot of parallels to it. I think this team's dangerous. Mm. And I think this team's a playoff team. And if you if you decide to sleep and fall asleep for a quarter, you'll find yourself eliminated. I love from last year how they built it. When everybody, the truth is, if you remember going into last year, a lot of people thought, well, this could be a bottom three team, bottom four team. Yeah. They, they, they did. And then Gino comes in. And he was supposed to compete with Drew, and all of a sudden he just keeps plucking away. And I think it's one of the great stories in football because while he was a, a phenomenal college player, and you kind of get some things that maybe an offense doesn't fit. They draft the guy higher. Something doesn't happen. And you reinvent yourself, whether that's because of a great somebody you believe in as a coach or you just think, okay, this system fits me. I've seen it a number of times. Geno's story is phenomenal. He deserved every ounce of dollar he got because he earned every penny of it. And he's easy to root for. And he, I don't think it was fake. I don't think this is a – I watched him at West Virginia make throw after throw after throw, and now he's not only making those throws, but he's making what I call, Dan, I teach my quarterbacks all the time that I train. Make me the ordinary play. The greatest players in football make the ordinary play. They don't miss the flat route. They don't miss the hot read. They hit the 12-yard curl. They hit the check down. They get, and then, you know, just natural ability, you make the big play and hit the home run. Hit me singles and doubles. Make the ordinary play, and I assure you the rest will come. And Geno did a phenomenal job of that as a pro bowler, I think this team's extremely dangerous. I got them in the playoffs. And, and as far as what the ceiling is, if they don't make the playoffs, I think it'd be a major disappointment of a season. I do. And I, and I'm a fan and I can't help but root for them for a lot of reason. I love the passionate fans, but the Seahawks and, and they can score. And I think they're going to defend better this year. They got to get more stout in the run game. Make no mistake about it. Yep. They have to, I'm talking about in defensive run game and they will. So, it's important. Keep the quarterback upright and have your front seven dominate. And you bring Bobby back with some attitude and leadership. That's where he's supposed to be anyway. I like what this team's all about. And I love the young energy. There's a bunch of stars on that team. Well, speaking of energy, that is Sean Salisbury at Sean Unfiltered on Twitter. So you can get all the information you need about PSF. And again, uh, follow follow the PSF app on Twitter, download Please. it now and uh, and grow with us. Sean, I know you're a busy man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. We'll have to get back together again, maybe talk about some baseball in about a month. Anytime. Sorry to use up so much of your time, but you hit a couple. You hit me Seahawks in motion as a rookie and you hit me with John Clayton, brother. I 
you, you got me and you are very good at what you do. And we're honored and happy to have you and me as the president, grateful to have you part of PSF and all you guys out there, not only with what Dan does with this show, but on PSF tune in because it's only going to get better. And you Seahawks go and thank you for the way you treated me at FX McCrory's back in the day and the fans um, fondness. And I love it. So good luck. And thank you. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Okay. That's going to do it for today. What a great segment with Sean Salisbury. As he said, the PSF app, man, I think it's going to be a game changer and you get to be involved. Download it on the uh, app store for both iPhone and Android. Now Uh, updates have been released. So you'll get live real-time stats. And I cannot stress enough that I think the coolest thing about this, uh, apart from the day-to-day interaction that we get to have with you, is the game day experience. Dana O'Gorman and I, my old co-host from the Field Goals podcast, we're going to have a show called Seahawks Unfiltered with Dan and Dana. And we're going to be one of the teams covering Seahawks games. During the games, we'll be live streaming through the app, through the Seahawks fans chat room. So sign up for that. Join that once you get the app downloaded. It is free. We'll react to the game together. We'll enjoy the game together. We'll complain about the game together. We can be unfiltered. We don't have to watch what we say. There will be live, real-time, AI-driven stats and a game caster during the game as well. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And As Sean said, it's like, imagine Manning cast, but you get to be the star and you get to be involved. You can chat throughout the entire experience, and we can invite you in on video and have you as guests at well. So we're going to be on there first for the Rams game this Sunday as the Seahawks kick off their 2023 season. Are you excited yet? Are you excited about the Seahawks season? Did John Salisbury get you jacked about that? I hope so. Uh, Like this video. Again, subscribe to the channel. Thank you for all the support lately. Follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. And until next time, as always, forever and always, go Hawks. Go Hawks.